Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Still in Motion podcast, where we talk about dance and dance photography from both sides of the camera. I'm Catherine. I'm Jonathan. And how's your week been? It was so crazy. <laughs> Mostly because, uh, well, so Orange Grove had an intensive rehearsal this weekend. So we met like three days in a row and just kind of went ham and made a lot of stuff and made a lot of discoveries. So I'm kind of tired from that. But then also uh, one studio had their first competition this weekend, which is great. Oh, cool. My kids did awesome. Uh, and then another studio had their showcase, which was also great. But I couldn't be everywhere all at once. So, and even then, I was already kind of going crazy. Yeah. Uh, but all my <laughs> kids did great. And uh, yeah, it was just, I'm just tired though. And I s- still have so many pictures I have to edit. And <laughs> uh, did, luckily, yeah. Did your kids perform pieces that you choreographed in the competition? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Both competition and showcase. So, the showcase one, it was run by the studio, but it's all of the competition pieces. So, it's like their way to practice performing on stage before they actually compete so i had three pieces in that showcase and then two pieces that actually competed for the other studio oh that's awesome i've never i never did like any sort of competition dance growing up so i like don't understand how it works (laughs) i mean it's a whole nother world that's a a whole nother topic that (laughs) we could go into some other time yeah yeah it's it's really fun it kind of actually reminds me of back when i was dancing on culture shock dc and we would do showcases collegiate competitions sometimes and it was kind of like that when it comes to hip-hop where like one of the pieces i did for our production number so we combined our level three four and fives we did a guardians of the galaxy set oh cool so so each character had their own style of dance and you know so it was it was really fun and then my groups that competed uh let's see i did like a kind of like a really sassy set and then a basketball themed one with my younger kids so it was fun so they're all like group pieces. They're not doing solos or anything. Yeah, no solos this year. Okay. At least the ones that I choreographed. There are tons of solos from the studios and the competitions make so much money from that. But anyways. Was this your last like intensive for Orange Grove before your show? Uh, Yes. We still have rehearsals, but this is our last like intensive intensive until we get to tech. Cool. Which is kind of scary. Because yeah. actually, the show is pretty soon now. Yeah, it's like in a couple weeks, right? Yeah, and we're still not, like, we're we're almost done, but we still have a lot of transitional things we still need to figure out, and we're still making, like, even, like, uh, the second day of our intensive, we thought we, like, had this section figured out, and then all of a sudden, we tried something new, and it was like, oh, that that's so good. Let's explore this a little bit more. So no, now we're not done with that section. I mean, I think so, that's a good thing, you know, though. things like that happen. You know, yeah, like for sure. being open to like discoveries and making changes and stuff. I mean, even through like the show, <laughs> you know, it's not done until you perform it. Right. So. Well, and even arguably, even then it's not done still. You can always, you know, keep can always revisions keep working. and yeah. yeah, we're basically there. Now it's just filling in the gaps that we know still have to be, you know, fleshed out. Yeah. But yeah, it was good. I can't wait to see it. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah. So you all don't know this, but Catherine's actually coming down to take pictures of our dress rehearsal. And then we're going to do a podcast recording in person. So yeah. that's going to be a fun weekend. It's going to be really fun. It's in a couple weeks. So yeah, all of you guys should go see it, too. <laughs> March 7th and 8th at Dance Place. Come. Um, but yeah, and how was your week? Uh, it's been good. It was my first full week at my oh, new yeah. job. And also, I realized my first time like in my life 
working this many days consecutively <laughs> at the same place or any place in general. Um, so that was an interesting experience. Like even in college, I had like days off in the middle of the week or like a day off or a, a day in the middle of the week with like just one dance class or something. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like, I don't know, it takes a lot of endurance to <laughs> go to the same job for that many hours every day. But yeah, no, totally. I mean, even at dance place, I don't go the same time every day. I like, I don't have the same schedule. It still feels very freelancey, even yeah. though I'm not a freelancer there. You know, like totally. So how is it? What have you it's, been doing? It's so fun. I, I totally love it so far, Um, even though it's like a lot of days. It's just, you know, me and the head photographer there in the studio. I did so many test shoots like the the um HR person like called the studio for something else one day. And I picked up the phone and she was like, oh, like, welcome officially to classic kids also what is going on at this at your studio because like most assistants only do a few test shoots the whole time that they work for us but you've done like way more than that in one week (laughs) yeah um i'm just interested in shooting so so every time you do a test shoot you have to report it or like log it or like how did they know oh well um they know because we have like online systems where we like book everything and we like put in if it's a test shoot and like who the photographer is for it so she knows but also we have like online portfolios and stuff where we have to like upload things so so people know what i'm doing over there but it's so fun (laughs) like it's even though i've done you know a lot of photography i feel like i have so much to learn like it's it's extremely challenging like the hardest part is really not even using the camera it's just like how you talk to the kids to get them to engage and like I don't know. It's very exciting to feel like I'm at the bottom of this thing that I can like learn so much from and it's cool. But it was a long That's week. That's awesome. I was a little tired by the end. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you sent me that uh one picture of that kid. That was so cute. Yeah. When we were just chatting. Yeah. <laughs> um so it was it's been good, but yesterday I had a a day off. My Sunday I'm off Sunday and Monday. So Sundays is Sundays are like my Saturday. Um so of course I went to the Bronx Zoo to take more photos. <laughs> classic taking photos on day off um but it was tons of fun huh was it headshots no i went to the bronx zoo to take photos of animals oh okay like just for fun oh just for fun i thought oh okay i thought you like met someone at the zoo to take their picture nope just just uh went for fun (laughs) oh nice (laughs) um which i like love doing because i don't know animals are fun to take photos of and there's always you know different things there so that was great. I got some some good animal close-ups that I need to edit. Would you ever go to a safari to take pictures? Yeah. That would be really fun. Yeah, I've never done it, but it seems like it'd be cool. Although I feel like I don't have the right gear for it. Wouldn't you need a much longer focal length for that kind of stuff? I mean, probably like a 400 or, I don't know, a tripod. Yeah. Well, I have I a mean, tripod. I, <laughs> yeah, but like you can't just handhold a 400 millimeter lens that easily. Right. Um, yeah, those things are massive. So you couldn't be like on a moving safari. You have to be like parked, set up. That would be really fun though. Like a, I think they have some like group trips you can do through like, I don't know, National Geographic or something. You do like a photo safari trip. It'd be really cool. Also, I'm sure there are photographers who are known for that kind of stuff who will, who do like the photo walks. Oh yeah. Well, you know, like those kinds of things. Yeah. That'd be cool. Anyway, um, should we announce our new thing? Yeah, go for it. Okay, so 
we've been talking over the past um week about now that we've like reached i don't know we've done like 16 episodes or something and we've talked about like our shooting styles and all of these things sometimes we start recording and we just talk about our week and then it's like okay now what um so we've decided to introduce a new segment that will go right here (laughs) in the podcast um called capture critique and what we're going to do is send each other a photo that we've taken that the other person hasn't seen so like not something we've posted on instagram at least recently yeah yeah maybe a long time ago um we're going to we haven't seen the photos yet so we're going to send them to each other during the podcast session um and we're going to give each other feedback on them because that's kind of the whole point of doing this is to like you know help each other out um and sometimes i think it's hard to like really get feedback on your work because you know we we just work like independently and are editing all the time so it's yeah it's good to get that outside perspective um, and we'll also be posting the photos that we're talking about on our Instagram um, before the episode drops. So you'll see them, you can look at them and have your own thoughts about them, and then you'll hear us talk about them in the episode. Yeah, so I think the the idea is we're going to first kind of describe what we see, so that way, in case you haven't seen the picture, you can still kind of follow along. And then we're going to, I think, I'm going to try and guess your settings and like what lens you were using just for fun, because okay. I actually do want to practice... I want to start training my eye for that kind of stuff. Uh, And then, yeah, just give feedback. This isn't necessarily a, I think you should have done this better kind of, but, you know, just observing what you see and offering suggestions or just say what you'd like if, I don't know, if you nailed it. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's less about, (laughs) less about like good job, bad job, but more just like, what is your eye drawn to? And, you know, we've both done a lot of like, Liz Lerman feedback in like the dance world which is a very like constructive and neutral way of giving feedback so we're kind of inspired by that um and are you ready (laughs) yep let me just pull up the picture all right here it comes (laughs) okay cool this photo is a an outdoor um photo dance photo shoot photo the dancers like wearing tennis shoes like urban feel um okay the first thing I notice is that this is like a super wide angle lens photo because like I'm noticing some distortion in the dancer's body. I think you're like probably pretty close to the dancer and the building is sort of like warped almost going up in the background. So it's got this really cool like non-realistic distorted sort of vibe going on. Yeah, yeah. no, it's a, yeah, it is a very super wide angle and I was pretty close to her. Okay, what else? What else do we talk about now? <laughs> uh, feedback? feedback is really hard it's almost for <laughs> for my personal taste it's almost a little bit i wish like i've seen there was one photo that you showed me once that was distorted like this but the dancer was leaning like into the camera mm-hmm. whereas she's like leaning back so it looks like she's getting smaller yeah so i almost wish that like her head or upper body or arms were the part that were, was bigger and then her feet were smaller like the opposite direction because she's falling back so it almost has like a house of mirrors like vibe of she's pulling back and the building's pulling back. So I don't know if that makes me feel like I'm leaning into the picture or I guess it really uh-huh. does look like there's this like wind that's like pushing her back. It has a backward energy sort of thing. And I mm-hmm. almost wish that she was like had the same warped distorted feel but that the building was tipping back but she was leaning forward. So it had that like opposite. Oh pull. yeah. You know what I mean? You have that mm-hmm. you have that photo of that hip hop dancer or something like with his foot kicking forward or like leaning forward. I've seen something that you've done like that. 
Oh yeah, that that's so, something I like to do a lot with wide angles and in close-ups. Yeah. So that opposite pull would have been really cool, but I'm super drawn into just like how distorted it is because it's definitely not like your typical photo shoot like 85 millimeter compression sort of mm -hmm. thing it's like you're definitely like playing with it and like i don't know the other thing that i'm noticing is this line on the ground that's going back there's another one on the other side of the dancer and i feel like it has the potential for a really cool like leading line angle thing but only seeing one of them i would have maybe edited that out see what i mean there's like a shiny oh yeah, metal yeah, yeah, yeah. thing but there's also one mm -hmm. on the other side so if it was possible to have that be like lines going back yeah. equally on both oh, sides oh well, actually here let cool. me let me show you what the original looked like because i did edit something out of the floor oh okay um, yeah send the original but i didn't edit that line this version i had already done like lightroom touch-ups but i hadn't taken into photoshop yet oh you removed this darker spot this darker square yeah, there's like a patch of concrete and then there's a little, there's a building peeking over on the side. Oh, the building on the side too. I see. Okay, yeah. I do like what you did remove. So I I guess I would have maybe just also removed to that crack. Yeah, so that the I think ground you think was about more that, about that to be honest, but that's a good point. Yeah. Um I think I was so preoccupied about that concrete patch, I like Yeah. just Well, you that did line. a great job removing it cuz I actually couldn't tell anything was there. Oh, thank you. So. That was a pain. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay. No, but here, let me a, give you some really cool context yeah. for this shoot. So this was when I was in tour in Germany with Pearson Woodrick Dance Theater. And mm -hmm. we were collabing with um, Folkwang Tanz Dance Theater. So this was one of the dancers from that company that I met. And we had this random free day. So they took me to like, not the Chinatown equivalent, but this place that was had a, a pretty big Asian population, but just like a cool touristy place. And the name is escaping me. Uh, oh, shoot. What's the name of the place? Oh, uh, Mediahafen, I think. I, I'm probably not saying it right. But uh, we were walking around and we were, I also did like some portrait headshots for them. But this was like the last thing, like the sun was setting. I, like you can tell kind of how like shiny and golden the reflect the reflections are on the building. Um so this was a like, we've already been dancing for a while. Quick, let's just do a, a something. And so th this was all her improvising in front of the building. So I didn't set it, hmm. and we didn't have time for me to go back and say, "Oh, do that again." Totally. It was kind of like this was like a last like just move around and flail. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I love the building because I w I walked by it and I was like, "What is this?" Like it, you can already tell that the sides are warped, and it it didn't even I don't think it went up in a totally straight line, anyways. So even yeah. if I had shot it straight on without that wide angle distortion it would have already been like kind of warpy so i really loved that um and it just it looks kind of trippy yeah uh, i mean the more i look at it it almost looks like the the wind that's blowing her over is also just like causing the building to wave like a flag in the wind you know yeah. there's definitely this like uh i don't know wind like energy that's going from the left to the right which is cool it's like her her hair and the building kind of match in that way yeah, and at the time I was really trying to keep the whole building in the in the frame. But I think if I were to go back and redo this shot, I would have gotten way way closer to the building. So it was like really just like a backdrop versus trying to you can versus you can see it's a building. Like I would have just like filled it. Oh, I see. Her, and then like really had her like stick her foot in front of the lens to like really fill it. Totally. You know, it's like really distort things. Yeah. Um. Or even it might be interesting to just crop, crop in a little bit. So there's not so much sky above it. 
Oh, yeah. You know, like either make it square or crop so you don't even see the top of the building like a... Like a, yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. You know, six by nine horizontal or something, just the dancer. That mm-hmm. would be really interesting. Okay, sending. Ooh, this makes me nervous. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Oh, cool. Okay, so this is from a performance or a showing of some kind. It looks like you're in a church building, and there's a dancer wearing red and white and twirling this green fabric over their head. You can't you can't see the dancer's face at all, um, which is kind of cool. I'm guessing this is actually I don't know because you work in a lot of different situations, but I would I would almost guess this was a sh- sharing because there's no stage lighting at all. It's all like the in-house top-down fluorescence it looks like and let's see there's i see motion blur in the blanket or the fabric looks like the person's twirling it around pretty fast and you caught this really nice moment where it was just like about to reveal the person's face but you still can't quite see the face and oh i wonder how can i zoom in more but it does look a little noisy um i'm guessing because it was in that fluorescent light so even at a lower shutter speed where you got the motion blur that was you still had to crank up your ISO. Yeah. Um, <laughs> feedback. Um. Uh, well, at first I was gonna say the person isn't exactly centered in the shot, so I wonder if like a square crop would have changed it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just so you know, so the so it's a little bit tighter in on the person, and the person is super centered in the frame, just because like that green fabric is such a big focal point. Um. And then, I almost. I um, if wow words, the the green and the red are really nice like striking contrasts, and I almost wonder what it would look like if you really like bumped up the luminance or saturation of the green fabric, to like really mm. make it pop yeah. more a little bit more, which may not have made it um true to what it would look like in real life, but like I just think like a fun experiment would be like playing with the saturation and pop of the red and green because those really stand out to me. Yeah. Uh, and then, I mean, it's always hard, but like there's that, and it's always, uh, it's a hard balance between how much to take out for a thing where you're more of documenting, but like there's a little nub or box on the top right of the frame on the wall. Oh yeah. I would have maybe Photoshopped that out, but yeah, nice. Thanks. Okay. Backstory. So this was from an actual performance, not a showing, but it was in a space that didn't have any stage lights. Um, so it, oh wait and i wanted to guess your sh- your settings okay oh, yeah, so i'm yeah, gonna yeah. guess this is your 70 to 200 millimeter because you always shoot with that lens i don't always um, shoot with it that's just my favorite <laughs> okay fine but this was before you had your wide angle right no i had I'm my assuming. wide angle for this one. Oh, okay anyways but it's a tighter crop there's more compression so i'm guessing 70 to 200 um i'm gonna guess iso 6400 just because it's it seems like those situations i'm always maxing out as well and like a shutter, hmm, oh, this is hard because the person's actually pretty sharp, but I don't know how fast they're twirling. Uh, I'm going to guess shutter speed like 125 um, I'm tra- f2.8. I'm trying to find out. And I'm not looking at the metadata, so I'm really just guessing. I'm trying to send it to my computer to see if I can get the metadata and give you the answer. I downloaded it from Facebook and I didn't see the metadata, so I'm... Oh, okay. We'll edit this part out. <laughs> la la la. I might have saved this one without metadata. No, so I'll never know the answer. You might never know. I might have to open this in Lightroom. 
and see. But anyway, um, so yeah, this was taken out as during a performance at a a venue um called Galim in Brooklyn, which is a church space. Um, I walked in there and thought that the lights were just not on yet because the show hadn't started but turns out there were no lights it was crazy super dark like in real life even looked a bit darker than this um but that wasn't the dancer's choice they just didn't have any lights to turn on so i chose Uh to brighten it a little bit more so that it looked like you could actually kind of see what was in the photo and that's why it's like pretty noisy because i was maxed out at 6400 and then i did you know raise the exposure (laughs) and then i did like a bit of noise reduction but didn't want to be like too soft um so it was a really tricky space to be in there is some motion blur in the blanket yeah um i don't even really think that was by choice i think i was just like at the shutter speed i could be at and (laughs) that's how it was um in terms of like the stuff in the space this is kind of a tricky situation for me because if this was like a photo shoot where i was delivering all of the images I would have picked the best of the best and then I probably would have removed that cord that's hanging down over the window. I would have removed that little blob in the upper right hand corner that you see and like mm-hmm. the scratches on the wall. Like I would have done more editing. But I, um, this was one of those shows where I put all of my images on my website and they purchased the ones that they wanted. So I didn't want to spend too much time like... Oh yeah, it's not worth it. Detail then. editing. For if, sure. I don't even know if the dancer in this picture, Leah Torelli, um, bought this photo. So then it's like, do you mm-hmm. put in the work for a photo that they won't actually end up buying? Um, right. So for this situation, I'm very minimal. If there's like a big piece of tape on the floor, I might remove that. But, you know, besides that, I'm not going to go through and like remove every little scratch. Um, yeah, no, same. I for, for shows, I usually don't even, well, if it really bothers me, I'll take it out. But like tape marks on the floor, like spike tape, I won't take that out. Because yeah. if you do that for one, you have to do it for all of them. Totally. Yeah, and that's totally. a lot of pictures. My general rule is that like if I if I open the picture and the first thing my eye goes to is the tape on the floor or the the fire alarm on the wall, I'll quickly remove that. It's really fast. But right. if it's not the first thing I look at, then I don't do it. Um, so for this one, I didn't look at those things first. And also with that stained glass window, that would have been a little bit of a project to remove. Oh my gosh, yeah. Um, I was just when you said Photoshop <laughs> that c- cable out record out, I was like, oh, good luck. Yeah. I mean, I think I could do it, but it would just be as easy as just like stamping it in Lightroom. So yeah, if for those of you who aren't familiar with how Photoshop works, so Photoshop is an amazing tool. It's really powerful, and there is some um, AI now that makes it even better. But basically, when we say Photoshop something out, we're taking a sample from another part of the image and covering up whatever we're trying to hide. So the more patterns there are, the harder it is. And so like stained glass is also really hard because the light is hitting a certain way. Mm -hmm. So if you don't sample from the right part of the image, it's going to look super janky and weird. It'll look like you just like scraped over it. You know, like so it's photoshopping stuff out is much harder, I think, than people think, even though people are whenever I go to photo shoots now, there's always like, oh, we can photoshop this out, right? Ha 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 ha! I'm like, ha ha! Let's actually fix it in person for, in, if we can, because yeah. it'll save me so much time if I don't have to Photoshop this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because I'm also not the best Photoshopper, <laughs> so um, I'm sure other people would be like, have yeah. ways that are much easier. But yeah, yeah. Sometimes I watch like YouTube videos to get better at Photoshopping, and there are lots of things that you can do that like change the edges. You know, all of these things that I don't really understand. But when I follow the tutorials, it is possible to like 
really Photoshop things out well versus just clone stamping right next to the object. Um, I do kind of the right. base level of it. And I'm interested in learning how to do it better and understand it more. But definitely if you can just remove the thing, like I'll do that, like for the last um, show that I shot, the dress rehearsal, I like noticed a chair on the side of the stage and I was like, I'm going to just remove that. Like typically well, yeah, that, people don't yeah. mind. Like if I had gotten there, if I had seen that cable hang down from the window, I might've seen if I could like tuck it up or like move it over. Like usually spaces don't mind. They won't like care if you come in, you kind of try to like move things a little bit or wipe a scuff off the floor or like whatever you have to do. So I'm trying to get better about that when I get, get to a space. Yeah, that's a good point. I almost never do that because I assume when I get there, the space is kind of what they want it to be. Yeah, um, but not always. Sometimes people just forget, you know. Yeah, totally. Um, so, oh, that reminds me of a story I was listening to. Um, Gary Hughes is a headshot photographer in Florida that I listen. He actually, he he's one of the co-hosts for the Photobomb podcast that we both oh, listen yeah. to. Oh yeah, love that. Um, and he was talking about how he was doing a corporate headshot session and they were doing a group shot. Um, and one guy comes in with like this giant mustard stain on his tie. And he jokingly said, like, oh, you can Photoshop this out, right? And Gary was like, yeah, 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 sure. And he just turns him around so, like, you can't see the stain. And it's like, that would that was so much easier than, you know, letting the yeah. guy feel like he was okay and then having to then spend time to Photoshop this thing out. Yeah. So it's, little things like that save so much time. <laughs> um, but nice. This was fun. Anyway. Yeah, this was cool. And I think as we do Yay. this more, we'll get more efficient at it <laughs> and better. Yeah. Better um, at giving but feedback. But if you... If you have thoughts, leave comments on in, uh, on our Instagram about these pictures and what you maybe would have done differently or what you like, don't like, what you hate. If we suck, just kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> Be nice, everybody. We're learning. <laughs> okay. Do you want to... We've been... Okay. We have time. Like, do you want to go into the other topic? Ooh, Lenses. okay. Let's do this. Yeah. All right. So Catherine likes it when we argue. So let's see if this makes us argue. I don't like it when we argue. I just think it makes for really good podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> i agree heated topics okay um, it's gonna be hard though to find a topic every week so we'll see how this goes <laughs> okay so jonathan proposed the topic of prime versus zoom lenses the pros and cons what do you think so prime lenses if you aren't familiar with them basically are any lens uh that cannot zoom it's fixed at a certain focal length versus uh Zoom lenses, well, I just lost the word. Zoom lenses, you can, so when you twist the lens, it will zoom in or zoom out. You can change the focal length. And I am totally zoom lenses all the way. No. Not, not that okay, I dislike prime lenses. Because, wow. I know you shoot with primes, so that's why I, I brought it up. Um, but like, if it was a photo shoot, it's a little bit different. I can use primes. But when it's a live event, whether it's a reception or a performance or something, I don't understand how, and I know other photographers do this, but I don't understand how you use a prime lens because if you're not f at the right distance from the subject, then the shot's off versus if I'm shooting with my 24 to 70, for example, I can zoom in more if I need to, or I can zoom out if something happens and all of a sudden they're too close to me. So that's why I like using zoom lenses more. Not, I'm not anti-prime lenses. I just don't use them a lot in my personal practice and it stresses me out when I think about shooting only primes for an event. Because you also have to, if, if you have to change lenses, I don't understand how you do that without missing moments. I don't know. Well, okay. When you change lenses, you do miss moments, but I'm very fast and quiet. So um, I guess a little bit of a backstory. Um, when I first started 
when I first got my original Canon Rebel camera and lenses, I didn't have any zoom. No, that's not true. I did have a zoom lens. I had two you had the kit lens? zoom lenses. Okay, but they were really not good quality and they weren't that sharp. And then I got a prime lens and I was like, wow, this is incredible. Prime lenses are typically sharper than zooms unless you buy a really high-end zoom. If you buy like the same price equivalent zoom and prime, I would guess that the zoom would be worse. Anyway. Yes, well, and that's because that's usually because because there's no need to zoom. There's there are less glass elements in the lens. Yeah. And so I think that that's part of what makes usually yeah, prime lenses are usually sharper. Yeah. So when I was like first accumulating gear, I wasn't doing photography professionally. Um so I only bought prime lenses. I had a 50 millimeter, then I got a 200 millimeter prime and a a 28 oh, wow. millimeter prime. I had those three lenses for like a bunch of years before I even moved to New York. Um, so I didn't have any zoom lenses. So when I started shooting performances, I didn't buy new gear. I just used the gear that I already had, um, which meant that I was using those three lenses. And I think in part, it forced me to kind of like develop a different style. Like I think I started to really like up close photos because I like shooting on on the 200 millimeter. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, I had to work with what I had. Um, So I got kind of better at switching lenses and stuff like that. And I think generally, you know, not working events and performances, but just like walking around a city taking photos, I'm a, or learning photography. I'm a huge fan of prime lenses because I think it really helps you develop a sense of composition and like you have to move to get different shots and you have to think about like well this is the frame of view that I have and I can't change it so what can I do to make this shot cool how can I work with what I'm able to get um I agree with that it just stresses me out doing that in a live event where I have no control no and sometimes you can't agree um but I also think um a lot of people think that a zoom lens like if you're just traveling or something is to like zoom in on something like that's farther away but it's so much more than that because it's changing like the perspective and the compression and all kinds of things that we don't even need to get into right now but like the same way that I was able to look at your shot and see that it was a wide angle it wasn't because of like how small the dancer was it was because of the perspective in the shot that I could tell you know it changes that Mm -hmm. as well it's not just about getting closer or farther from an object all of that being said I bought zoom lenses to do performances and events <laughs> because I, I was going to say, you. when did you, when did you buy your first zoom lens? Then? Like your a nicer zoom lens. So I got my um, 70 to 200 zoom um, when, before I went to Florida for the baton twirling job at Disney world, because that was totally necessary for that. Uh, the 200 prime would not have worked because I was, you know, the dancers are moving closer and farther from you. And while some up close shots are good, you want to make sure you get, a really nice amount of full body shots. So Mm -hmm. I got that for that. And I've since then I have only, I haven't used the 200 prime at any uh, performances or events. I've only used the zoom. Is your 200 prime sharper though than your 70 to 200? I do notice. Do you see a difference? Yeah. I do notice it being better at the zoo yesterday. I brought the two, I brought the 200 prime. It's super sharp and I feel like it focuses faster. Um, The images just are crisper. I, some of my favorite performance images I took with that lens. So I had that one. And then I recently got the 16 to 35 millimeter zoom um, after Bates, like pretty recently. 
Um, and since then, now in my camera bag, when I go to any performances and events, I, I only bring those two zooms with me. So I don't really shoot Prime anymore, anywhere, <laughs> unless I'm just shooting for fun. Mm-hmm. But I do yeah. think for all listeners who aren't like working professionally in photography, who have a camera, like don't buy a zoom, buy Prime lenses. That's my feeling. Well, I disagree there. Why? But I do. I do think. Well. Okay, so prime lenses are usually cheaper, which is great. So if you're just starting out, but you can get way more different perspectives with a zoom lens. So why not just buy that? Like I, I understand what you're saying about the prime lens. Also, they usually have um they can they have a much wider aperture. Like you can stop down more. But I don't know. I would I think, say no, no, get no. a zoom lens. Because I think if you're learning, <laughs> it's very easy to just zoom in and zoom out and there is something important, I think, about spending a few years not doing that and having to figure out like what lens is good for the job and even having a couple that you switch out, like get a 200 millimeter prime and a 28 millimeter prime and then like go walk around a city for a day and switch them out. Because then you're actually thinking about like, when does this lens work? When does this lens not work? Like you're not just randomly zooming in on details and zooming back out. I think it's good practice. I mean, I guess, but my counter to that is if you are aware of those settings, guess what? If you start with your kit lens, just never zoom. Walk around for a whole day and tell yourself, I'm not allowed to zoom and let's see what I can get. Then do it again, all the way zoomed in and repeat. Okay, buy a zoom lens, but don't zoom it ever. (laughs) I mean, I guess that also works, but then the the problem is it's not a sharp. I do do agree, though, that having a prime lens where you absolutely cannot, it does force you to be more creative sometimes. Yeah, Um, and the other thing to bring up is if you... Some zoom lenses are called fixed aperture, and some are not. Oh, yeah, that is actually important. So my first zoom lens that I didn't really like um, was not fixed aperture. So what that means is as you zoom in on something, your lens has to tighten. Um, So if you're shooting at 2.8, which is pretty wide open, which means that you have a shallow depth of field so that things in the background are more blurry. If you zoom in on something, then it will, the lowest you can go is like, 5.6 or something which is tighter and means that the background's not so blurry but that also means that less light is coming in which is really a bad thing because also as you zoom in you need a higher shutter speed your shutter speed's typically lowest that you can handhold it is one over the shutter speed so or uh, one over the focal length sorry so if you're zooming in you need a faster shutter speed but now you also are forced to have a higher f-stop which means that you have to crank up the iso it's tricky for settings so my um zoom lenses are fixed aperture which means that as i zoom in and as i zoom out it can stay at whatever aperture i set it at which is much but that easier. also means it's much more expensive it's much more expensive but it's much easier to deal with the settings and also you just have so much more flexibility but that's why like if you're debating between two lenses one is zoom and one is prime but the zoom one is not fixed aperture i would say like don't even get it like save up for a better one or like buy a prime do you agree with that have you ever shot on a zoom that's not fixed aperture only my kit lens that came with the camera and i kind of agree i think eh, i don't know i'm split Uh, i think again it depends on what you're taking pictures of if if you're just messing around and you have time to walk around and all that then yes but i think for like an event i would rather have the um lens that doesn't have a fixed aperture and just learn how to like bump up my iso if i ever zoom in yeah you know 
So I think it depends on why you're getting a lens. And from there, you know, everyone's answer will be different. Yeah. Well, if you're listening to this, let us know what lenses you <laughs> have and what you think about yeah. them. <laughs> I mean, because I've definitely also heard of photographers who like shoot weddings on only primes. And that blows my mind. I, don't I think know if you're do doing that. that, you have to have multiple camera bodies. Because you right. can't switch them out. That makes sense. Or can't do it fast enough. I don't know. Or I guess you just, by then you know the flow of the wedding. So then you kind of know which prime you would want to use for what part of the ceremony or, you know, event. So mm -hmm. maybe like that. I don't know. Yeah. But even to have, I don't know. Like I would, if I was shooting a wedding, I would use my zooms. But the yeah. zoom lenses I have are really nice because they were expensive. <laughs> yeah. Well, I you also know. feel like when photography w was not first starting, but like when like digital cameras were first starting, because that actually is... For digital cameras are still a fairly new thing and i think when they were first coming around prime lenses were for sure much better quality than zoom lenses but nowadays even the cheaper zoom lenses i feel like are pretty good so like there isn't as big a difference in sharpness yeah. and all those things you know as before but i i do notice that photos on my new 16 to 35 millimeter zoom are less sharp than when i was using my 28 prime like, I notice a really clear difference in that. Huh, interesting. And even, yeah, same with my 200. Like, maybe it's not, like, such a big difference that, like, a client would be able to tell. But I don't know. It's just that balance of the flexibility of being able to zoom versus the sharpness. And if that matters yeah. to you or not. I guess I would always choose flexibility of zooming over a little bit of sharpness. Yeah. I mean, for, again, for performances and events, I totally agree but not for non-work things. Like if you're not getting paid for it and it doesn't matter, like, I don't know, I would, I'm still team prime for everything else. <laughs> so when you do headshot sessions, would you just bring your 200 prime then instead? Um, I was using my 70 to 200, but. Because with headshots, yeah. you kind of always want to shoot pretty compressed. I haven't done headshots in a while. <laughs> um, But yeah, I, I do prefer the 200 prime, so. I use that whenever I can. Sometimes I'm, I feel like I'm a little bit too far from the person to like talk to them with the 200. <laughs> it's like, it gets a little bit awkward. Maybe I need to buy an 85 millimeter prime. I have one, but I barely use it. Can I like, have I, it? I still <laughs> like my 70 to 200. <laughs> you can buy it from me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll talk about that later. Anyway, are you ready for discovery of the week? Sure, let's we do it. You want to go first? that topic pretty well. <laughs> um, okay, I'll go first. Um, I bought a new flash modifier this week for Ooh. my little speed light. Um, and I, I didn't know about this. You what? I didn't you know did about this. No, you didn't because I was saving it. I normally oh, okay. tell I was like, you usually you text me stuff. I know. <laughs> I was saving it for the podcast. <laughs> um, I haven't really used it much outside of my room, but so far I like it. The brand is um, Magmod. The Magmod Sphere. Oh, I love Mag. I want one so bad. <laughs> okay, you have to get one. Um. It's it's really nice. So the two ways that I've been testing it, basically... Well, tell, tell them what it is first. Okay. So you have like a little rubber ring that goes around the flash and then different modifiers can... They use magnets to attach to the top. So they make a bunch of different modifiers. The one that I got is like a sphere, given the name, that's obvious, um, of uh, like semi-translucent rubber sort of it's like a frosted sort of material it's squishy um and basically what what it allows is when the flash is pointed straight up at the ceiling you get 
some light that's going straight up, bouncing off the ceiling and coming down. Um, but you also get light that's going straight forward to fill in any shadows on your subject's face. You also get light, though, that's bouncing straight back and then forward and to the sides and off those walls and forward. So really every angle <laughs> has light that's going out and coming in. So the light really like wraps around the subject in a really nice way. Um, it makes the, the light softer and it makes it quite a bit easier for events because the last event I did, I was like swiveling the flash head all around the place. So, you know, trying to find walls as I was moving. Um, but having it just pointed straight up and then having a modifier that helps really bring the light back in from the sides, um, I think is going to make events so just so much easier. I have a bunch of events coming up this spring, so I wanted to like get something and practice with it. Nice. Um, I also did like a little photo shoot with a stuffed animal using it off camera pointed <laughs> straight at the stuffed animal. Um, and it was surprisingly not that harsh of light. So it was pretty soft like you know six inches from the stuffed animal and straight at him as well so i'm really happy with it um i would recommend it for sure yeah magmod stuff is so cool because they you basically have the same base like magnet thing you put on your speed light but then because you have that base you can clip on so many different different modifiers like you can do gels and grids and you can even layer them on top because they all just have magnets on them yeah. it's such a cool system i see them all the time and I've just never, I don't use speed lights quite enough for me to justify getting it. It would be a cool toy, but like, yeah, I don't think I'd but use it enough. That being said, I was watching a lot of YouTube videos of photo shoots with just a speed light with that sphere on like a really tall, uh, what is it called? A light stand. Um, mm -hmm. Creating really soft light. Like I know you do that kind of stuff for photo shoots. So I don't know. Yeah. It could be worth it. I mean, yeah. I mean, lately I've been using less, uh, speed lights and more my strobe that i got mm -hmm. which is bigger but i like the power it gives me yeah but i before i got that i would always use speed lights you know and sometimes i think about going back to that just because then i have to carry less stuff with me which mm -hmm. when you're doing on location work it's definitely very valuable to not have to bring a giant case with you yeah so yeah i have to think about it definitely and I'll I'll use it for events outside of my bedroom, <laughs> and I'll um, <laughs> let you guys know how it goes. Well, also that's a great like if you do a photo shoot on location, that's a great modifier that you can bring with you now. Yeah, I mean it's a little small. I don't know if a buying a soft box or something would be better because you know the further it is away from the subject, the more harsh the light gets. Right, but now that you have a trigger, you could even like put it on a stand closer, but off screen. You know. Yeah. I mean, speaking could, of Photoshop, you can always Photoshop it out <laughs> if it's in an okay spot, you know? Yeah, but that's but a pain. <laughs> it's a pain. But if it makes the light softer, I don't know. That's true. I need to play around with it. Maybe I'll bring it to DC and we can try some stuff. Yeah. That'd, that'd be, be fun. fun. Okay. <laughs> all right. Go for so it. So my Discover the Week, this was recommended to me by my coworker because this was when I was having all my back spasms. Mm -hmm. They have it at like PT clinics and stuff, but it's you attach these electrodes... Um, they're on these like pads and you put them on your muscles and then it sends this, this little pulse and it's like a massage. So it makes your muscles twitch, but it helps you relax. I got it for my back, but I've also been using it on my legs and my like shoulders. Uh, and it's been really nice. It's super cheap on Amazon. The one I got was like $35, but they also have even cheaper ones. And they have all these different settings that I've been playing with. And if you suffer from like chronic pain, 
this shouldn't be this isn't a solution because it's just helping alleviate some of the pain you're feeling and whatever habits you have or whatever is going on in your body to cause that pain is still there obviously but it it's a nice like i'll put it on before i go to bed now sometimes and it just helps me relax and it's nice oh that's cool check it out i should try that because my back's been a little a little bit tight recently yeah the only hard thing with my the back is if you can't reach your the back then you can't put the pads on so i have to get my roommates to help me sometimes but uh it's great for like my legs or my lower back for my upper back it's hard to get yeah but yeah check out tens unit i didn't even know they existed like until my coworker told me about it and it's pretty cool how do you spell tens t uh just t-e-n's oh you just look up tens machine on amazon you'll see a bunch of different models oh cool yeah, well, this was fun. I like our new uh, segment. Yeah, I really like it. And I hope you all enjoyed it. And if you did, or even if you didn't, make sure you email us at stillinmotionpodcast at gmail.com or leave a comment on the Instagram posts that we'll be doing. I think we're going to try and do this every week now. So every week there'll ha- be two new pictures for you to uh, give us your critique on. Um, that's Still in Motion Podcast on Instagram. And then also make sure you follow both of our personal pages. I'm Jaysu Media. Catherine is Catherine.Butler. And thanks to Amanda for our graphic design and Shannon for the music that started and is playing right now in the podcast. Ooh, do we need a new like music bumper for this segment? Oh, we could like, add a little music. Catch a critique. Cheek! You know, like a little <laughs> camera sound effect or something. I don't know. We'll think yes. about it. That'd be cool. Well, we'll see you all next time. Thank you, everyone. Have a great week.